Kiri Mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. First up, uh, Waka Kotahi um, uh, talking about a breakdown on the Auckland Harbour Bridge northbound, uh, a large truck breakdown blocking lanes three and four of northbound on the Auckland Harbour Bridge. So if it's still there, uh, that was last updated at three o'clock, if it's still there, do pass the scene with care and uh, do expect delays. Kiamo Tonomai Koto Katoa coming up on the programme. As of today, private landlords must ensure their rental properties comply with the standards within 90 days of any new tenancy. Reactions have been mixed on whether it's enough or indeed too much. What is the solution uh, there? Green Building Council's Andrew Eagles on that. Bill Cosby has been freed from prison after Pennsylvania's highest court overturned his sexual assault conviction. Investigative journalist Nikki Wisensee-Egan is the author of Chasing Cosby. We talk with her on that uh, subject. And the clean car discount scheme or feebate, that kicks in today. So just after 4.30pm, we are having a Q&A on this issue. We have uh, a Professor Emeritus of Sustainability, Henrik Moller. He's a bit of an EV expert, and we have had many questions about uh, electric vehicles. If you want to add to them, you can text us on 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. And uh, the chickens of Titarangi are back, this time with the ducks and the roosters. So we discussed that today. I'm with Victoria McLennan, who is equity advocate and a uh, and whose roles include co-chair of the business group NZ Rise and board member of a new not-for-profit initiative, DECA, which is the Digital Equity Collaboration Aotearoa. Victoria, kia ora, lovely to have you on the programme. Kia ora, Wallace, thanks for having me back. Uh, and Mike Williams, former Labour Party President, Committee Director and CEO of the Howard League for Penal Reform. Mike, kia ora. Kia ora. And firstly, though, to our story of the day. And today's story, as I understand, comes from our neighbours across the Tasman. And with us is our uh, work experienced uh, student, Mary Argue. Mary, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? I'm very well. What do you have for us? All right. So something, as you say, from our neighbours across the Tasman. Our friends in Australia, they put out the news cycle last night that um, they were going to allow pets and companion animals on airlines. So domestic airlines in Australia, um, there's going to be a rule change coming in at the end of the year, and that is going to allow people to fly with their pets. Well, first, Fred, let's go around the panel with Victoria. Do you have a pet? No, I'm not a pet person. I'm notorious for not being a pet person. And my daughter <laughs> rescues animals and has many pets. <laughs> what uh, what went wrong? What went wrong? I think I grew up on a farm. My mother just oh. collected animals like you wouldn't believe. Um, years of cleaning out chicken coops. <laughs> <laughs> and so you just you just said enough. Yep. You're, you're from a farm. Nothing nothing more to do with animals. Correct. You went into digital literacy. I instead. certainly did. Uh, uh, Mike, what about you? <laughs> Well, we we have a dog which the family absolutely dotes on, and he's a Chihuahua called Harry, <laughs> and he is uh, he's kind of I don't want to badmouth him, but he probably doesn't speak English. He's kind of rotund, but he's an absolutely charming, affectionate, intelligent um, animal. But what I noted years ago, I went to Italy, and quite a lot of elderly women wander around Rome with a dog in their handbag for company. And I think that's a wonderful idea. He sounds like the perfect candidate, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's, what else is going on with the story? Well, 
So it's it's a bit interesting because the airlines, it's up to them to change their policies. And so some of them have, you know, given the green light and be like, look, we're going to look into the... Um, you know, updating our policies to get these pets on board. So Virgin Airlines have indicated that it's a thumbs up for them. But Jetstar and Qantas have said they have no desire to uh, change any rules at this moment. So there's been a petition already launched. Um, and last time I checked, which was maybe an hour or so ago, mm. it had 100 signatures. And it's to try and pressure the airlines to jump on board this rule change. That's not bad. That's a good start, 100. Got to start somewhere, Wallace. Yeah. They must have room for um, seeing-eye dogs for blind people already, I yes. would have thought. Yes, Mike, you're absolutely right. So they already allow service animals to be on board. Service animals. Um, but it's interesting because Victoria and I, we were talking about how in the United States they had emotional support animals. Yeah. Um, but just as, I think, the end of last year... Um, after a while of lobbying from airlines in the States, they have rolled that back and said no more because I think there are a few people that were trying to push the boundaries a bit too much. You had incidents of pigs on board and peacocks and, you know, the likes, it just got out of control. Yeah, interesting because I sat alongside an emotional support animal when I was flying out of New York this many years ago and it was actually quite a stunning, it was quite a shocking thing uh, to <laughs> see. It? Well, it was a dog, <laughs> but it was very odd. <laughs> it was very strange um, to have a dog. But, you know, I'd be the first to put my hand up and say I would absolutely love to take a little banjo for a flight to Wellington on Air New Zealand. Oh, that would be a dream. What about you? Would you take Harry the Chihuahua to... Uh, to, 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 to Wellington or... No, to... no, he'd be terrified. Really? He's, he's an inside dog. <laughs> and well, Wallace, not, not would you trust Banjo? <laughs> well, yes, yes, because he just sits on your knee. He's a little Yorkshire Terrier. So this, this obviously is about little doggies, isn't it? It's not about an Alsatian. No, I think so. I think it's about little doggies and hopefully, you know, there's the... What the airlines have to decide is if they're going to do this, they need to figure out, you know, safety protocols, like the yeah. dogs or whatever, they can't be in the aisles, what to do if there's a bathroom mishap, how to control okay. sort of a nuisance animal. So, I mean, you can imagine Twitter's been kicking off about this, so have all the talkback hosts in Australia. Um, you know, it's, it's proven pretty divisive so far. Okay, well, I'd be interested uh, on that note then, Mary. Uh, would you support Air New Zealand uh, having a, is it called a therapy animal? Well, uh, yes, I guess an emotional support animal. But in an this case, in this case in Australia, it's actually just um, allowing pets to come on board. I I think I would support it. I mean, it, there is a precedent set, you know, around the world where you'd pay a fee and your mm. pet can come in and you know sit next to you. I wouldn't trust um, the animals that I have had to okay, behave themselves. Mm. No, but I would. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. You know. All right, let's bring you in, Victoria. As an animal hater, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 you're on an Air New Zealand flight and you've got a um, Chihuahua next to you. Your thoughts? I, I was just going to say, as long as there's a section in the plane for people with pets, <laughs> so that people like me don't need to sit near them, then all good. Very diplomatic. Someone says here, someone says here uh, what if your pet is a kangaroo? People will be hopping mad if I don't allow them to fly. Or a snake or an iguana or, you know, there's all sorts of ridiculous options yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Very good. By the way, Mary, do you have a pet? Um, I know these days I don't. I had a menagerie when I was growing up. Um, my parents put up with all manner 
of pets from me, including yep. a little lamb when I was about <coughs> 11 years old that would come down to the shops. But You had a little lamb? I sure did, yeah. I really bought into that stereotype. So, um, you know, Spot was very well behaved until he grew to be the size of a dining room table. And then what? I think he met a grizzly end, but we won't go there because this no. is a happy story. <laughs> Did you eat it? Um, oh, look, Wallace, I'm going to have to say no comment. I'm sorry. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, no, spot was great. R.I.P. Uh, um, uh, I've just bought an Angus bull, and usually I would get it bought down for the North Island via land transport. This... <laughs> <laughs> if I'm allowed to, I can put the Angus bull on the plane. I don't think uh, it would fit through the door, Wallace. Well, you're the farmer, Victoria. <laughs> no, I wouldn't know what an Angus bull looks like. The, the size and scale of those things, there's no big? way it would fit. They're big. Yep. <laughs> Very um, big. Tom says, after all, it is a service animal. Uh, <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> All right, Mary Agu, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Time for I've Been Thinking. Uh, Victoria, would you like to start? Yes, I've been thinking, because I am a literacy advocate and an equity advocate, I've been thinking about our challenge as a nation around falling um, literacy and numeracy achievement in the schooling system and thinking about how, how there's this amazing opportunity to reframe how we teach in the classroom. We know that our young people are playing complex games, solving complex problems in their kind of digital native words world outside of the classroom. So why not bring gaming and leverage TikTok and things that they engage with with into teaching oh, no, 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 literacy no, 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 and no, no, no. numeracy outcomes. So, no, no, no. yeah, I know it's controversial, but if we want to engage young people in learning these basic core skills, let's bring the mediums that they're really familiar with to them so that they do engage. Mike will have views on this, but let me ask you, <laughs> is, there, uh, is there research to back up that bringing TikTok uh, and gaming into the classroom will uh, will help will support students. You're asking me if there's research? Yes. No, I don't know if there's research. This is literally what I've been thinking about recently. So talking to school principals and teachers about how they're really struggling to engage kids in um, secondary school and, and learning Shakespeare, for example, or mm. even primary school and engaging them in using paper and pen, uh, pencils. So I've just been thinking about how we can use the, right. the tactics of what they love to do to teach them these, these core skills. Mike, that's fair enough. OK, look, I think that's possibly a good idea, but I think there's a, quite a large hurdle you have to overcome before that. And there's a significant number of people, young people, as we discovered during the lockdown, who are simply not online. And it's a function of poverty. If you are in a family that has difficulty meeting the rent and putting the food on the table, then you really don't pay $70 a month for online access. And I told Wallace earlier, um, the Howard League gets driver's licences for mainly recently released prisoners who are mainly Maori. And we launched a uh, some years ago a program in West Auckland and our new instructor uh, developed a form for the clients to fill in and there was a space for your email address. Now, when we examined the first 120 clients, only three had email addresses. Only so three only out of 100? Three out of 120 had email addresses. So I, I totally agree with you, Mike. And that's the initiative that I'm involved with, Decker, which is focused around 
digital equity for everyone in Aotearoa, so affordable connectivity, access to devices, skills, um, so that people can create email addresses is, is a really good foundation piece. I guess my I've been thinking was a little out there of thinking about literacy and numeracy, which we know yeah, that, no, absolutely. that the education system is really focused on. No, kia ora, Victoria, thank you. And uh, Joe says, hero games in schools that teach both those things, what is called reading eggs and other is called math seeds. Uh, very interesting, uh, I've been thinking, Victoria. Uh, uh, Mike Williams, I've been thinking. Well, I, I actually took some interest in Winston Peters' speech uh, and his re-emergence over the weekend, and um, one of his objections to what was going on at the moment, and it pays to listen to him because he usually reflects some sort of social issue, uh, was the, uh, the use of the name Aotearoa for New Zealand. Aotearoa for New Zealand. It's a name I love, and I much prefer it to New Zealand. So I did a bit of digging. and well, Let's try and get that pronunciation right too. Uh, sorry, do it again, Wallace. Aotearoa. Aotearoa. Um, I did a bit of digging, and people tend to think it's the name that Tasman gave the place. Well, it wasn't. Um, he actually called New Zealand, or what he thought, was New Zealand, he called it Statenland. And it was Dutch map makers about 20 years later that actually called it New Zealand. And it was pointed out to me by no less a person than Sir Tiffany O'Regan that it's really an appropriate name. Zealand, a third of it is below sea level and the rest of it's flat and featureless. So we'd really be far better to... Um, to use the Maori name. Now, the other thing Winston said which was wrong was that it was not an original name for New Zealand in Maori, but uh, I discovered that George Gray recorded Aotearoa as a Maori name for New Zealand in 1845. So that's what I've been obsessing okay. about for the last couple of days. Kia ora, Mike. Would you like to see us uh, called Aotearoa as a, as, as a country? Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the older generation will be against us as they were in favour of, you know, retaining uh, the, the the flag with the Union Jack on it, which I ended up voting for because I didn't like the alternative. Very, very good. Mm. Now, mihi kia kora mo ene toke. Thank you for that to both. A lot to come on the panel this afternoon with Victoria McLennan and Mike Williams. Do stay with us. We have an EV special, 4.30. Your questions, please. 2101 is that number to text.